Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 336. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee is not with me today. And I know what you're thinking immediately. That's probably half the audience ready to just shut this thing off right now. Say, I don't want to just hear from John Morgan. I got to get a little cold coffee in my life as well. Well, I'll do my best to keep it entertaining for you. How about that? That'll be my promise to you. Uh, unfortunately, I had a little scheduling conflict today uh, on my end that uh, made things a little bit impossible. I got to figure out what I'm going to do. got some shuffling to do, man. I'll, 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 I'll give you a little quick behind the scenes of the Morgan family household, and that is uh, my son, who's long been training in, in martial arts and enjoyed that, but finally was ready to get him started in team sports as well. Signed him up for soccer. Uh, we had wanted to do it last year, but obviously – the pandemic kind of changed things for everybody, didn't it? Uh, so we got him signed up for this year, and in my head, uh, you know, I, we didn't really know when practices would be or anything like that. We just signed up for it, and, and then we figured we'd see. Well, it turns out the team is going to practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I thought, well, okay, that's not bad. I talked to my wife. I said, uh, listen, I'm not going to be able to do Thursdays. Obviously, that's the, the evening times where myself and cold coffee sit down and record the podcast and so on the one hand i'll probably be gone some of the time on the other hand i'd I'd hate to be the parent that shows up to the practice after a few frosty beverages in the afternoon you know what i'm saying i don't want to be that guy so i was like if you can take him to thursday practices i'll take him to tuesday practices and we'll all be good and do you see the flaw do you see the flaw in the logic right there because i didn't yeah dana white's contender series totally 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 forgot about it so now it's Tuesdays are completely out. I mean, I, I can't skip Dana White's Contender Series, and that's for the next 10 weeks in a row, which is uh, basically the, the whole season for a soccer season. So I can't go Tuesdays. i got to go Thursdays. Ah, long story short, i got some shuffling to do. Anyway, listen, a lot to talk about, man. It has been a crazy week since we last got together. Uh, this past weekend, was, this past weekend, I'm not going to lie, was, was pretty fun. If you happen to hear the end of last week's episode, uh, CFFC President Rob Haydack was in town for some meetings with the UFC, and also he wanted to to attend the fight uh, at the UFC Apex. Of course, Pat Sabatini was on the card. He wanted to check that out. Uh, Sean Brady was originally supposed to be on that card as well, so two former CFFC champions. Um, Brady uh, ultimately had an infection and wasn't able to, uh, to to show up for that fight. Had to withdraw. Of course, we know what happened there. Uh, D-Rod stepped in, got that big win over Kevin Lee. Uh, but anyway, Rob Haydack was in town. I told him, I said, look, Friday nights are tough. Uh, and then, of course, Saturday nights are impossible because of work. So why don't we go out Thursday night? And uh, we, we did. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was a late night. If you happen to tune into the weigh-in stream on Friday morning, you heard a very delirious John Morgan talking about the weigh-ins that morning. And I was... I was absolutely useless that day. We just we didn't go crazy. We just stayed out late. It just ended up being later than I thought it was when I got home. And uh, man, I am not the 25 year old spring chicken that can do it like I used to. And uh, I was hurting at them weigh-ins. We got it done, but uh, it was it was it was a fun night, man. We had a really good night, and uh, that morning was a little bit tough. Actually, completely missed an interview I had with Derek Brunson uh, scheduled for Friday afternoon. I didn't have it on my on my iCal. I put it in my calendar. I use iCal to run everything keep everything straight and I'd put it on the wrong day but normally I think if I'd have been in a little bit more uh, normal state of mind I probably would have remembered the fact that I was uh, had an interview set up with a UFC headliner <laughs> and I, I totally missed it I, I've since apologized profusely I saw Mr. Brunson uh, yesterday at the at the media day and I did apologize to him profusely uh, for ghosting him on the on the interview, and I think we're good now. But uh, I apologize for that. So that was a, that was a crazy weekend, and then of course uh, we had the UFC event. We talked about that all on and a half. I'll get to a little bit more of that in a second. Uh, so went to the UFC event, and then uh, also 
uh, had the opportunity to, uh, to to sit back as a fan and watch Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, man. I thought that was kind of a, a fun experience. I don't want to spend a, a ton of time talking about that because I do get the feeling that at this point pretty much uh, the entire MMA world is Jake Pauled out at this point. <laughs> and, and I get it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm even to that point as well. You know, I, I was I was talking to uh, our good man Hot T, Oscar Willis, the other day at the media day, and I was saying, like, at this point, I mean, I think we just, as MMA fans, you're just going to have to accept that this guy is going to kind of swoop in and out a little bit um, and, and be newsworthy at times. But to me, if he's not linked to an MMA fighter, or, or then there's no reason to really report on him. Even this stuff like, you know, he tweeted out that he retired, and then he tweeted out that he's back. And, you know, obviously when he tweeted he, he was retired, we knew that was crap, basically, you know, taking a page out of the Conor McGregor book. But, see, at that point, I don't think we even need to cover it. You know, if, if he's, you know, do if Jake Paul fights an NFL player or something next, you know, something out of that realm, we don't need to I – don't, I don't think we need to cover that as MMA junkie. I just – I just don't. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, obviously we have Boxing Junkie as a sister site. I imagine they'd want to cover it. Um, and who knows? Our editors may say, ah, you probably should cover it because it gets numbers. But me personally, if he's not tied to an MMA fight, then I don't, or, or, or an MMA fighter even, I should say, um, I just don't see a, a real reason to, to cover him. I don't think we have to cover his career on a daily basis. But that said, I did want to talk about this event because I will say I enjoyed the broadcast. I don't know how many people bought the pay-per-view or obtained it in other ways. Uh, I actually did legally purchase the, the, the pay-per-view. Um, of course, I would be the first to, to, to admit, um, you know, the company pays me back for that. So I guess, you know, whether I'm willing to spend my money on it or not doesn't really qualify as to whether a lot of people are because – I'll be honest, I'm just I'm just spending USA Today's money when I watch it. Uh, but clearly we had to watch it because we knew it was going to be a big, big point of discussion over the weekend. And to be honest with you, I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. If you watch it, hopefully you feel the same as me, man. I, I thought I watched the whole card top to bottom, um, and I thought it was fun. Part of it, and I'll, I'll say this too, part of it may be because it was a rare occasion for me to just sit down and actually watch fights and just hang out and enjoy it. You know, it's me and my wife and uh, sitting on the couch, frosty beverage in hand, you know, talking about it, watching the show. If she, you know, if she was scrolling Instagram and stuff like that a little bit too, it might not have had her full attention. Uh, but, you know, I, I will say that maybe that's part of the reason I enjoyed it as well. I'm not sitting there thinking about, okay, you know, what interviews do we need to do to follow up on this? What's, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. You know, I, I, I can't really watch an MMA card anymore and just – enjoy it. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about it in very much a work way. And so for this to me was um, just something to sit and enjoy and watch. And I'll admit, I was just, uh, I mean, without question, cheering for Tyron Woodley, man. I wanted Tyron to get this thing done for the MMA folks. I know it's not MMA versus boxing, and I don't even hate Jake Paul anymore, man. The Paul brothers, I, I've told you, I've come to that point now where I just kind of respect what they're doing in terms of their hustle and the fact that they're generating interest on it. So I don't hate the guys. I'm not like, oh, you gotta you gotta give this guy his lesson and teach him and show him that you no 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 I don't I don't do that. But I did want to see Tyron win the fight. Um gosh. And it just left me so frustrated. It just left me so frustrated. You know when we were talking about that fight we said listen here's what's gotta happen. Tyron Willie has got to throw. He's got to throw. He's got to pull the trigger. And he didn't. He just didn't, man. That fight was so there for him to win. I mean, obviously, he, he, he wobbled Jake Paul once. Um, I, I think, you know, a, a, a knockdown, as he said. If it's not for the ropes, that's a knockdown. He hurt him. And then what did he do afterward? He didn't do anything. 
he didn't do anything, man. He didn't go for the kill, man. That killer instinct wasn't there. And it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and try to explain the psychology of it or, or why, but I mean, it's just, it's the pattern that we've seen in his fights, right? With Tyron's fights, not pulling the trigger. And he just didn't pull the trigger here, man. And it was, it was frustrating because I wanted to see him win that fight. Now, here's what we look at in the aftermath. I mean, you see Tyron calling for a rematch. I think he would honestly win. Wow, here I go. I was going to say, I think he would win in a rematch. But he'd still have to pull the trigger. He'd still have to. I mean, he had all this. Maybe he sees it now. Maybe he sees more. But he'd still have to pull the trigger. That's ultimately. If he pulls the trigger, he wins the fight. He's clearly the stronger man, the more powerful man, the more refined technician. You know, Jake Paul was fading. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not really interested in a rematch, to be honest. Even though I'm saying I think he could win, I. To frustrate me again, I I, I don't know. I, but I mean, if, if Tyron can get it, good for him. The money's there. But I just I, I don't know that it does that well. Now, uh, I'll say this: I heard from an industry source, and I have zero ways of verifying this, so I'm not trying to report this as a journalist. And uh, but I just want to share a number I heard because it is somebody that's very reliable in the industry. Um, but I, I would never formally report this because I don't know. But I, I heard it did around 275,000 buys, which is pretty damn respectable. Pretty damn respectable. I haven't heard a final number, but I heard that was kind of the estimate. Um, and if so, I mean, what is that, like $13 million worth of revenue on pay-per-view revenue? Not bad. Not bad. Not bad for, you know, I don't want to say not not a boxer. I mean, he is a boxer at this point, but yeah. Anyway, the, the $2 million paydays we saw published uh, for both guys, that doesn't include back-ends. I'm sure they made a little back-end as well. So, I mean, good for them, but I just don't think – the rematch, maybe I'm wrong, would sell. I feel like we've seen I mean, you saw, I know Jake Paul has kind of said he's entertaining at this point, but you saw in the immediate aftermath, both Jake and Logan Paul were like, what? You had your chance. And I think, unfortunately, that's probably the way a lot of the public would feel. Now, for us hardcores, I, well, I mean, I just said my, my buying power doesn't count because that's really me spending somebody else's money, but I'd carve out a Sunday night and watch it again. I would. I would watch it again, but I just don't think most people would. You know, I, I think outside of hardcore MMA fans that want to see Tyron do it and know that what he's capable of, I don't know that people would want to pay for it again. And I think the Paul brothers love him or, or hate him. They're good marketers, and they get that part of the game, man. They have crafted this thing. And let's be, there's other people around them, too. It's not just those two guys. They've got an empire around them, um, and they've crafted this thing well. And I think moving forward, answering new questions, that's always what gets people excited, you know. Can he, can he do this? Can he? Well, now, no, he's got to fight a real fighter. Well, now he's got to, you know, that's what he's got to do, you know, and, and that's what keeps it going. And so doing the same thing again, I don't think generates the same kind of interest. Now, Tyron's got this lingering question of getting the tattoo. I say, don't do the tattoo. I'm just going to say, don't do the tattoo. And I know that that may be, I mean, he shook on it, right? You got your word. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? I mean, wait, are we going to go to Tyron for the rest of his life? If Tyron says something to you, you're going to be like, ah, don't know if I can trust you, bro. You welched on the tattoo, but, <laughs> you know, don't get it, Tyron Woodley. Don't get the damn tattoo. I know you shook on it, but come on, man. I love Jake Paul tattooed on your body. I'd say don't do it. That's just me personally. I'd say don't do it. I know you shook on it. I know you shook on it. And, and you really, I mean, all a man is is his word, but come on, man. This is This is theatrics. This is theatrics. You can get away with it. Um, but here's the other thing. I keep going back and forth in this a little bit, and I'd love to hear what you guys think on this. Feel free to to hit me up on social media. Uh, my DMs are open. Um, obviously, 
if you can join us in the discussion over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow for as little as $3 a month. I'd really appreciate that. Help support the show. Uh, but I've kind of gone back and forth on this and what I think about this. You know, The whole question of, is this bad for the sport? That's what everybody always asks, right? Is this bad for MMA? Is this bad for boxing? Is it... And in the beginning, I, I used to be very protective of MMA. A, a long time ago, I, I used to just think, man, you know, this is a sport that, that I love and that's growing and that I want to see grow. I want to see it continue to develop because I know what a wonderful sport it is. Um, but, you know, there was that distinction of trying to keep it away from professional wrestling. You know, I remember when I started covering the sport, I used to get questions, you know, frequently. Did, you know, is this real? Are, are those fights real? Is this, you know people didn't realize there was a difference between mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. They thought it was fake. They thought it was scripted. That happened a lot. And and I used to get that question quite a bit. And so um, I was very protective of making sure people understood how serious this was. This was a real deal, you know, as real as it gets, the tagline, right? I was protective of that. And over time, I've come to the point where I don't see it that way anymore. I think everybody gets it. I can't imagine there's much of the population that thinks – these fights might be staged, right? So I'm less protective of it now, and I'm more open to doing things that, you know, are a little bit more along the lines of professional wrestling, along the lines of, you know, because they, they promotions and, and doing things that way, you know, again, the theatrics around it, they get people interested in it. I'm, I'm, less, I'm, I'm less worried about that, you know, freak show fights here and there. So I don't think it hurts the sport, right? And, 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 and so I've come to be more accepting of this stuff. But I did start to, I mean, with all the success you see with Jake Paul right now, it did start to make me think, okay, it's not bad for the sport itself. Like, it's not making MMA or boxing. I mean, this is boxing, but just kind of work with me here. <laughs> and we're talking about, you know, these kind of things. I don't think it's bad for the sport. But what I do start to wonder is, is it bad for the athletes in it? And I say that because I wonder if it becomes a situation where, if you're not doing this goofy, over-the-top, crazy, you know, whether it be trash-talking, whether it be whatever, you know, I mean, look at this stuff that, this continued discussion between Conor McGregor and, and Nate Diaz and, and, and Dustin Poirier and some of that stuff that's just elevated to a level that, I mean, I mean, you're talking about killing people? Come on, man. Come on. And so I wonder if the the bad thing about this is, you know, you, you force the athletes within the sport to adhere to this type of ridiculous guidelines of here's how you get people to watch and here's how you get people to care. And that's the only way to get people to watch and the only way to get people to care. I'm not saying that there's not going to be some people that are good at it. You know, like I've always said, you know, Chael Sonnen's heyday. I mean, Chael was crazy with the things he'd say. Um, but, I mean, not talking about killing people. He was smart with the things he would say. But when I say crazy... It was funny because I remember he would give interviews or do press conferences or do whatever, and then people would come to, you know, UFC press conference. Dana, you know, Chael said this, Chael said that. How do you, it's like, how can you take anything Chael says seriously? Like, he's just playing a game. He's playing a gimmick. He's good at it. But I always said, as fun as Chael is, if there were 500 Chaels, it would be ridiculous, right? And, and so... I don't know. When I see that, you know, this extreme craziness is what gets people success, it does make me wonder if that's bad for the people that, that aren't going to do that. If it ensures that they never get to rise above mediocrity in terms of popularity, in terms of income and all that. And if it, if that's the case, then it kind of sucks. You know what I mean? It really does suck. Um, 
but I don't know what you do about that. You know, this card, this boxing card had some legit fighters on it, right? Amanda Serrano, legit boxer, right? And by the way, I don't know if you know or not. I don't, I didn't, I don't remember them talking about it on the broadcast. Maybe they did. But she she does have a 2-0-1 record um, as a mixed martial artist. Now, she hasn't fought anybody. If you look at the records of the people that she's fought, they were, you know, they were kind of like early boxing fights are where they're almost set-up fights, right? But Amanda Serrano has mixed martial arts ties, and she's one of the pound-for-pound best on the planet in boxing, no question about it. Uh, that Montana love fight, man, that was fun, right? But are people really walking away as fans of those fighters? I don't know. You know, I tried to – I mean, I had pitched uh, covering some of Amanda Serrano's MMA fights to our team at Junkie, and nobody really seemed interested. You know what I mean? It, 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 it and really, it was, it was crickets. Crickets were chirping when I threw it out there. Like, hey, you know, she's fighting in Mexico this week. I'm off this weekend, but if anybody wants to cover that, might be worth a look. Yeah, we didn't cover it, you know. <laughs> um, so, I, I don't know. It's just be interested to hear what you guys think about this, and 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 so feel free to hit me up. I, I I'm accepting this. I'm not trying to say this is a farce. This is ridiculous. It's terrible for the integrity of the sport. But I wonder if the more we lean into stuff like this, the tougher it makes for people that aren't doing this to get recognized and to get noticed and get appreciated. And if it is, I don't know how you change that, man. I mean, I was I was thinking about you know how how you know Dana White coined the phrase you know fighting is in our DNA and. You know, we we like it, and they, but it is true. I mean, as long as people have been on this earth, they've been fighting, right? As long as people have been on this earth, they've been fighting. Well before they were hitting a baseball or shooting a basketball or kicking a soccer ball, they were fighting. So he's he's not wrong about that. So it is in our DNA, but I think just so is all this wackiness of like, I mean, it, it's in our DNA to care about a grudge match. It's in our DNA to. To, to see the wildest, craziest thing and to gravitate towards that. You know, it's not in our DNA to identify, you know, somebody that's kind of quiet but just happens to be really good at what they do. You know, the the the, the, the Jonathan Martinez's of the world that don't even want to speak because they're so afraid of talking. I mean, how's that guy ever supposed to get noticed in a prison? I like it because I think that's so unique, a guy that's willing to go in there and, you know, have a damn cage fight for a living but is is – generally afraid to, you know, order dinner at a restaurant because they don't want to speak to a server. Like, that to me is intriguing as hell. But how do you get it noticed? I don't know. It's, uh, as you can sit here and talk about it forever, I guess. But I know I said there there, would, there wouldn't be too much Jake Paul. Uh, maybe this is a little bit bigger than Jake Paul. Hopefully so. So that was Sunday. That was fun. I enjoyed it. Now Jake Paul can go off for a while, and I don't want to talk about Jake Paul for a while. I'm good for a while, unless he fights another MMA fighter, at which point I guess I'm back in because I'll be cheering for the MMA guy at that point. Then we started the Contender Series. Man, weeks are going to get busy, but I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Monday morning weigh-ins uh, were, were – well, that, those actually aren't at the Apex. The Monday morning weigh-ins are at the host hotel. So Monday we go to the residence inn and do the Contender weigh-ins. So if you want to see the weigh-ins, uh, we'll be live streaming those every, every Monday morning, 9 a.m., uh, local time in Vegas. We'll have video highlights, photos, as we always do. Uh, so, contender series. We only had four fights this past week. Uh, COVID. Ugh. Oh, and Dana said, look, I know it's going to happen again. We'll just get get used to it. So, damn COVID. Let's, uh, time to get rid of this. Anyway, Monday at Residence Inn. We'll, have, we'll be Tuesdays at the Apex for... Um, uh, for contender series, the fights, and then Wednesday will be media day, 
Uh, and then Friday will be at the, the Apex for weigh-ins for UFC events, and then Saturday will be UFC. So a lot of time at the UFC Apex over the next couple months, but but I dig it. Contender Series um, was fantastic. Uh, it was great to see it back. I mean, my goodness, uh, AJ Fletcher right off the bat getting things started with uh, the, the, the flying knee. I thought that was incredible. Had some good fights to go along with it as well. Um, it's weird being back in that Apex for a Contender Series fight. You know, we're so used to that Apex at this point um, because obviously so many events have been there over the past, you know, what are we talking about, a year and a half now? What have it's 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 it's, uh, it's crazy, right? I mean, we're, it's home away from home. But uh, being in there for a Contender Series fight is different, right? Because uh, there's no music when they walk in, right? It's just dead silent when they walk in. No, no walk-in music. There's no buffer or Martinez or whoever setting things up so there's no announcement there's no you know setting the tone there it's just they walk in the cage and they get started you know uh, I do sometimes miss the old tough gym just the old school feel of it but it, 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 that thing had served its purpose it was time the apex is obviously much better it's been a godsend for the USC you couldn't be hosting USC pay-per-view events in the apex you know what I'm saying or, or excuse me in the old tough gym you'd have to be at the apex so I get it I do miss that old feel but being back in there uh, it's like I said no music no announcement the cage side commentary isn't cage side, right? They're in a booth. They're upstairs. Um, so there's not even that. Like, you can't even hear that talking or, or Cormier or Bisping or, or, or Rogan or whoever is saying anything. You can't even hear any of that stuff. So it's such a different experience. But, uh, man, I'm enjoying it. We're going to get two live fights a week here in uh, in Las Vegas at the Apex. So, uh, you know me, I'm, I'm hardcore. I'm excited about it. Um, Couple things, Laura Sanko, obviously getting the, the the cage side duties. Well, not the cage side duties, but the broadcasting duties. Uh, pretty cool, pretty pretty cool stuff for her. Um, was happy to see her. I, I'm sure you've seen the praise. Nobody has a bad word to say about Laura Sanko, man. I mean, she is hardworking, knowledgeable, cool as hell. Behind the scenes, she's you know as 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 she's the same person on camera off camera. She's she's amazing. She's always been amazing, and that's why you'll never find anybody with a, with a bad word to say about her. Um, happy for and i tweeted this but i want to make sure people realize it you know she was doing three different job functions at the same time right uh the interviews the in-cage announcing um and then of course the the broadcasting as well and oh by the way you know as just said that broadcasting booth is off the floor so she was having to run away from the cage upstairs to the booth back down when the fight is over running around one side to the it was hectic, man. When you see that, if you saw that clip of Dana talking about how she was running around like a madman, that's what he meant. It, 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 I was worried people might think that he was saying like, "Oh, she was disorganized or didn't know what she was doing." No, she was just filling so many damn gyro roles. She was literally sprinting around the place uh, in between fights. It was it was pretty cool to see. So uh, super happy for her. You know, she had given that interview with MMA Junkie Radio um, that really even she credited, I think, for kind of building a little momentum around this and. Um, and now, now she's here. Now I think Dana White told Kevin Ioli that she'll be part of the regular UFC broadcast as well when, she, when the Contender Series run is done. So pretty, pretty cool stuff for her. Um, as far as the fights themselves, five contracts with only four fights. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? And we finally got uh, a loser. You know, I hate to say loser. A guy that came up short in a fight. <laughs> uh, we finally saw one of them get a contract, and that was Carlos Candelario, of course, who uh, was suffered the split decision loss. I saw a lot of people thinking he won the fight. I'll be honest. I don't. When I'm doing those, I'm not doing round-by-round round scoring because I'm live recapping it, basically. Um, so we don't do a play-by-play. So I wasn't scoring it. Um, it was a close fight for sure. 
Um, but, you know, I saw a lot of people think that Candelario won the fight. I, I'm, I'm not going to go out there and say it was a robbery. I thought it was very close, competitive in my write-up. Um, Victor Altamirano did get the split decision nod. Uh, so both those guys got a contract. Joe Anderson Brito got a contract, and Azmat Merzikhanov got a contract. Now, over at patreon.com slash the Roadshow, uh, Adam Snowball did write in there. And he said, look, I'm sorry. There were way better losing contenders that deserve contracts. As shallow as the flyweight pool is, they are not up to the standard watching that fight. So Adam Snowball didn't like the fact that Carlos Candelario was the guy to get a contract. I, I can't say I necessarily disagree. I don't want to disrespect them. It was a close fight. It was a competitive fight. It was a wild fight. But, yeah, it's not like I looked at a guy and thought, okay, that dude is a legitimate title contender. We can't let him go now. You know, we we got to make sure we get him now because he'll never cross our pass again. Or maybe, you know, it was a situation where I felt you had to get that guy. Um, you know, Diego Lopez, I thought, was uh, talented. You know, uh, I'm not saying he necessarily deserved a contract, but, um, you know, I thought, you know, Dana walked away saying how amazing Joe Anderson Brito looked. And Joe Anderson Brito did look good. But Diego Lopez had him in some in some problems, right? Had him in some bad spots. And was forcing Brito to move and get out of these submissions. And um, and then the fight ending the way it did, 12 seconds in with an eye poke. I'm not saying he deserved a contract, but but maybe that's something. You know, he was kind of dismissive of him. So I, I don't know. I, I hate to compare the two because I don't want to take away from uh, Candelario and, and, and what he can accomplish. Um, but I, I don't necessarily disagree with Adam Snowball's uh, um, comment here. But I will say I am glad that that's at least a possibility because there have been moments along the way where I thought, can't you give that guy a contract too? Like he looks USC level. Like why are you going to let him go? Uh, and and we'll see. I, I did want to mention briefly Diego Lopez because I think there were some um, questions over why that fight ended the way it did. Um, our own Matthew Wells um, put out a, a great – explainer on it you know he saw a lot of people questioning it and he was like you know what? i'm gonna write something up great idea from him to explain it um it's it's crazy because so if that eye poke the end of the fight had happened before the end of the second round that's a no contest okay but because it's in the third round if it's if it's one second into the third round you have to score that round as well by the way that's now an official fight right here's the crazy thing you do have to you do have to uh, score that third and final round, even though it was only 12 seconds long. Uh, referee Chris Tyone did take a point. The fight was waved off first, and then Chris Tyone took a point. Um, and, and I guess you could argue it should, maybe it should have happened the other way around, but it, regardless of those mechanics, um, he made it clear that the, the fighter wasn't going to be able to continue and then did take a point for the foul, which is fair. He had been warned, um, and, and, and obviously it was a severe infraction, man. Very, very bad. So, the judges scored that round 10-10, which I think is the right thing to do. 10-10. I mean, 12 seconds. What are you going to judge in 12 seconds? You know? I mean, there was like the first exchange, and you poked him in the eye. So, 10-10. Then you get the minus one point, uh, which is how you end up with 29-28. So, really, the score would have been 30-28 across the board. 10-9-10-9-10-10. But you have uh, the one-point deduction. So, that makes it, that's, so, that's why the scores are 29-28. If anybody was curious why it was 29-28 and if they saw the point deduction. What's crazy is that, you know, had there been a little bit more of an exchange going on, just a little bit longer, you could have given that round to Diego Lopez 10-9, then take away the point. Now you got a draw, right? And you wouldn't have had to have that much action to get a 10-9. Just a little, I mean, there was nothing. But a little bit more, you could have 10-9, then it goes to 10-8, then there's a draw. Or had to have him before the end of the second round, uh, now that's a no contest. 
So I feel bad for Lopez, I guess is what I'm saying. For uh, for Candelario to get in on a split decision, this guy to kind of get robbed of an opportunity to, to perform because, he again, he showed his grappling skill there, man. Maybe he could have got something going in the third. I mean, he certainly had Brito in, in some, some bad positions along the way. So uh, I thought, man, I just thought that was an interesting, an interesting first episode of the Contender Series. So um, I'm tuning into those every – well, I'm not tuning in. I'll, I'll be there every Tuesday night. But hopefully uh, you're tuning in as well. Because I think they're fun. Uh, by the way, the, the the UFC event, UFC on ESPN 30, a, a great a great card there. Of course, we did wrap that all up uh, over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow on the and a half episode. So appreciate everybody that supports us over there. And hopefully you enjoyed that and a half episode. And if you've never given one a shot, go go, go give us a sign up over there. Support us a little bit. Help us out. And you get that exclusive, uh, <laughs> you get that exclusive wrap-up as well. But speaking of UFC on ESPN 30, uh, very, very entertaining main event there and a big, big win for Giga Chikadze. Uh, 7-0 now in the UFC's featherweight division. And, uh, man, big fights on the horizon uh, for him next. And I'm excited to uh, to talk to him about it. Guess what? He's in Georgia right now. He flew all the way back home to Georgia. Normally I'm talking to him in Southern California, but he's over there. Let's bring in Giga Chikadze. Well, Giga Chikadze, it's a, it's been a, a week now, and uh, you know seven and zero in the UFC, just continue to roll along here, man. So, how many times have you watched the fight? How many times have you have you gone back and just checked out that masterpiece and see how you performed? Uh, I checked it many times already, honestly. John, uh, watched the fight multiple times. I watched in Georgian, I watched in English, I watched in Russian, <laughs> I watched in all different things. I heard the comments. I watched also on YouTube uh, the some of the guys how they were uh, detailing the fight. You know how it went and everything. And this was a lot of fun to see. Finally, they recognized me. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, hey, listen, you're saying you're the best striker in the UFC, the best striker in mixed martial arts. I got to be honest, it's hard to argue with you, man. Edson Barbosa, that was that was the scary guy, right? That's the guy that everybody knows you're going to go in there and he's going to kick you, it's going to hurt, it's going to be terrible, and you were able to outstrike him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This guy is so scary, man. You know what's uh, scary? Uh, because when I check him out in uh, on a face-off, he was different guy. I think he has a twin, you know, skinny guy, which show up on the on the fa- face-offs, and uh, he himself in real comes with like I don't know, maybe he was like 185, 190 pounds, bro. This guy was a heavy. This was not the same guy at all in octagon, which I've seen the day before, because when I've seen the guy on a face-off and I met him. I saw him, he was like almost shaking. He was like a skillet. And then the other day, day, I was like, shit, who is this guy, you know? Maybe it was just a name in my eyes grow so bigger. But uh, bro, no, he was definitely strong guy when I felt his punches, his uh, kicks, when he was moving forward, I saw that like some some welterweight was moving forward to me, you know. That's yeah. crazy. So, I mean, you that's been striking your entire life at, at a high level, world-class level, multiple organizations. I mean, even for you, is that still a little bit of a scary proposition to get in there with a guy like that? Are you are, are you nervous or, or are you thinking, 
I, my body's going to be hurting after this? I mean, what's going through your head? Uh, you know, the, it's a fight game. You know, anything can happen. Uh, you guys are throwing the punches and kicks and one guy going to go down, you know. So everybody can, I believe everyone can knock everyone out in UFC. The level inside UFC is like the... It's very strong. It's one of the best for fighters inside MMA, right? But when I talk about the technique, there is nobody like me in in octagon. Nobody stands like that. Nobody moves like that. Nobody throws punches and kicks like me, because uh, the technique is completely different. You know, I mentioned level of the striking, and I believe I proved in this fight. So. No question, man. It was a very entertaining one to watch. And uh, I'm sure you would have liked to have done it in front of a, a big sold-out crowd. But I was going to ask you, you had, a, you had a crew there, right? I mean, obviously your wife was there, but, uh, but Neil Darius and his wife and their very newborn baby was there. Uh, I saw you had Jake Ellenberger there. I mean, it was that it was that Kings uh, my, MMA family, right? Was yeah, that, was that my, special My sister-in-law was there. My brother-in-law was there. My one of the best friends from the Georgia came and supported me to watch the fight. Yeah, I had a definitely. A, whoa, my conditioning coach was there. A uh, couple of guys came and it was really fun to have them as my little crowd. But imagine this fight in the octagon with like 15, 20,000 people, bro. Like, this fight would be something, you know, like, yep. bro, yeah, this, this fight would be something in front of people, definitely. With the, oof, I got goosebumps now. Imagine <laughs> like hearing the, and you know, the Edson is always a fan favorite fighter. He has so much fans and he never has been booed or and stuff. Me neither. So it would be the sold out. I imagine you've got some uh, some big sold out crowds coming in the very near future. So mm-hmm. I did want to ask you, uh, how different was the, the main event experience being the headliner? I mean, does it change anything? We always ask, you know, extra media, extra pressure, whatever. But now that it's in the rearview mirror, was the week any different for you, bro? This is what I enjoy. It's it's been a long time. I was dreaming about it. I feel like uh, I'm living in a dream now. Everything what I worked is coming all together. You know. When you wait for something that you really want, and this doesn't happen today, doesn't happen tomorrow, doesn't happen after one month, one year, doesn't happen after 25 years, and then, then finally this day comes. This is how I feel right now. I'm enjoying the moment every single second, bro. Like interviews, the media, new programs, new people, signature, the the pictures, the, I I enjoy. I I know many fighters who don't like to do it, but I'm different you now. Maybe like for the if you would make me do this like 10, 15 years ago, I believe I still would enjoy. Man, no, I I no no no. I I enjoy. Man, I'm different. I don't know. Like I've seen the people getting. They are so strong, so so powerful, man, and. That when the cameras come, they become different, they change, you know, they stress. No, actually, I, I open my mouth more and I enjoy to talk with you guys, with media, with the fans, you know. 
It's awesome, man. You know what I didn't realize until now is that it was your birthday week, so you had to put your birthday on hold, right? Was it? Are, are you a guy that your birthday is important to you, and you're like, dang, I don't get to celebrate, or, or did you not care at all? No, this is a very important day because, you know, that's a one, one time a year. Definitely, this is a, something that you need to rock and roll and celebrate, uh, but... I was cutting weight that day. I was cutting weight. I was in a sauna. I was training. But that all together was motivating me, you know, motivating me to celebrate this even harder. And this is what I've done. I did the, had the amazing fight. I'm very proud of myself also because uh, I said on interviews the last week that uh, when I talk, I also walked the talk, so I had to do this. And if I had a, a very strong opponent, and uh, all this together came true, came came great, uh, worked out well. And then I had I was in Vegas, so we celebrated a crazy. You know, we went uh, first. We went on a dinner. Uh, at, there is a restaurant Italian called Allegro in Vegas. I really like to go there. And after that, we went on Exos nightclub and we we celebrated there with all my crew, some other of my teammates and people joined me because I didn't have uh, some access uh, to have more crowds. So they were in Vegas, actually, they came in Vegas to support me. And after the fight, we all went for my birthday to celebrate. So definitely, that was something good. That's awesome, man. And now, normally, as I was gonna say, normally when I speak to you, you're in California, but you're actually, you went back home to Georgia. Yeah, I went back to California, uh, went straight to Kings, gave hug to my whole my team, you know, and um, after that, I left in Georgia. And the year was a crazy too, man. In the airport, people, a lot of people showed up. You know, they knew they went, what time I was going to come because I posted on social media. And everybody liked the TV and they put the live TV there. And uh, like a couple of hundreds of people came. And all street was crazy. It was really crazy, man. I'm going to post the video. You guys going to be... Whoa, shit. <laughs> you know, that's awesome, man. That's fun. awesome. So how does that, that's got to make you feel proud, right? I mean, obviously the win is important. To come back to your to your home country and to be treated like a hero, that's got to be something special. It's uh, definitely special. You know, uh, here here is killing it, man. Everywhere I go, like I only, not even a day so far yet. And wherever I look, they recognize me right away. They jump stop the cars and ask the pictures and they run into me and it's like even like some of the guys follow me with the car and it was fun you know? that's great right, do you follow the other georgian fighters i mean is it like a community because man georgia is, is starting to represent in the ufc of course of course man we got one more guy now lazishvili uh, unfortunately he, uh, he got injured he was supposed to fight uh this uh, week against the uh, Wells, Wells uh, the guys from Britain, I forgot. He's a very good fighter, 135. Yeah, Jack Shore. Yeah, Jack Shore, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see him debut as well. I'm sure he'll do great, uh, George Sugan. So these are all good things. Now let's talk about the bad thing. 
I know you're not happy with the rankings. You are not satisfied with where you stood in the rankings. Have you have you accepted it yet, or is it still a little bit bitter for you to look at that list and say, I'm not where I need to be? Um, I mean, the ranking says I'm top eight, but for a long time, I, I was not even ranked, you know, so I don't know. I'm not happy with it. Definitely, I'm not. I was 10, I beat number 9, but it's not just a regular number 9, and it was not a decision, not split decision, not close fight. I, as I said, I kick the shit out of people, you know? So this is what what, what happened this weekend. And uh, when you beat somebody with a name like Edson Barbosa, and when you are 10 and he's 9, you don't go just one more and you don't become 8, I believe. I have to be someone in the top five. I was hoping to get top three because in top three there is, I know the guy who has not even fought for the whole this time since I'm in UFC and I fought seven times. Seven times, I mean, not even two years, less than two years. That's something that really has to be mentioned. Uh, I don't know. They put me just top eight i'm a little bit sad okay so i started to grab the microphone again at the press conference because you said the same thing there's a guy in the top five that hasn't fought for two years but i thought you know what let's just let giga enjoy the moment let's let's we don't need to talk trash we don't need that you know let's let him have fun but obviously you're referring to yair rodriguez uh yair is is set to, to we think face max holloway um but we don't know if that fight's going to happen or not. I guess what I'm curious about is, is that the one name that's up there that really bothers you when you look at the – I mean, are you cool with the way the rankings look with everybody else? Is that the one that, that really bothers you? It bothers me because he's in the top three. And uh, when you count, you know, uh, when you count whatever, like, come on, bro. Like, for, I don't know. I want to see – I want to I wanna see these guys who make rankings, bro. I want to fight their ass. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, brother? Like I, I fought seven times, man. You know, and I beat, I, I beat like two ranked opponents, and both of them were hundred percent the legend of the sports. Come on, man! Like Cobb Swanson and uh, uh, Edson Barbosa, you know, and both of them were doing well in his last fights. Even, even a cop, he fought who? He fought Pineda and Kron Gracie very very strong fight and now the guy who came down in featherweight and dropped all his opponents in featherweight knocked down everybody and the last two fights he had the beautiful finish the beautiful winning fight and i don't know man. i'm just upset on the ranking but uh ranking and uh, i want to see myself as one of the top guy because uh, i want to fight the title for very fast as possible, you know. I want to be replacement for the title fight. Uh, if not, I want to fight Max or Yair. So Yair's on the list now. That's what I was going to ask you. Is Yair on the list of, of a fight you would take? Uh, Yair fight, you know what? Uh, I called him out last time a little bit like uh, intense because um, when you see what he was doing, you know, like Brian is fighting uh, Volk. Volk is a champ. He always fight. 
he's always prepared strong. Brian also, he's a man to fight everybody. Uh, who else we have? So Max, Max, uh, he has done so much already in the sports that he's definitely outstanding guy. He's probably with the biggest name in, in division. And then who comes? The Yair comes. And then uh, Yair comes and uh, I see this guy running from the beat, you know, he didn't fight him so many times. And then also he, uh, he has not fought for a long time. You know, I don't know why they are keeping him in the ranking or at least why number three. And me, I'm coming and coming and coming and plus all my resume. You know, there is not a people like me in uh, UFC, many guys who's done so much in the sport in different sports division like the karate and kickboxing in the highest level uh, the achievements of me says is all you know i'm not just it's it's kind of you know how kokasaki moved from the uh, kickboxing uh, glory kickboxing to mma uh, straight and he was hyped so much remember like how big he was and everybody was talking about him I moved the same way and I was a big name of my when when I was fighting the glory I was the one, number one contender and champion was running from me he wasn't fighting you know he was he was running and I I was headlining the shows and I was already big name and now after all this coming into MMA actually like an MMA fighter not like a striker I didn't get finished or this something inside UFC. I know I experienced losing fight in MMA in other show. I built my record. I got better. I learned the ground game. Uh, and then I moved to UFC. And uh, look, I became a world champion in Jiu Jitsu in blue belts. Now I'm a purple belt, you know, like I'm different breed. I'm different. I'm an MMA, actually MMA fighter today, not a kickboxer, you know. So that's why I need the, the different uh, type of uh, treat from the either is going to be ranking or, or wherever is going to be, because I know I had the project projected myself as a Georgian project. I always mentioned this. Because I was, I was, I graduated the business and management when I was young, uh, in bachelor's degree I have, and I learned how to manage yourself. You know, like manage your career, manage a lot of things in life, and I, I, I learned everything from the. I don't skip the parts of ABC. You know, when I realized that I needed to do the same way in wrestling, I went in. Um, in a college with the young kids and I wrestled from the kids like seven and eight till eight, 18 year olds and all this group when I was training with them, you know, people like parents were and I was already world champion in kickboxing and karate, but I lost contender series. I lost contender series and I, I had to change the things. And then I went back again and OK, I have to learn the wrestling from the ABC. And I learned it, you know, I, I, I didn't, I was not ashamed to be a weirdo guy in front of all these parents because I still, I'm also the father. I have a 12 year old daughter, you know, 
and almost the same age uh, kids were running uh, and training there but i was rolling with them i was learning the i would put myself like nobody knew who i was there but i was training in the same class to learn abc so that's what i did in jiu jitsu too you know i started to put i'm a third degree black belt third done in karate gojuryu but i put a white belt and put myself there and listen to the coach listen to the professor and learned from zero i got my stripes i got blue belt now i'm purple soon i'm gonna be brown so i know what i have done in a sport and how hard i worked you know so that's awesome man that's awesome well the good thing is regardless of the name that comes next it's going to be a big one that's for sure i mean i think they can't give you anybody below you in the rankings at this point with what you've accomplished it's got to be to me as you said back up to the title fight holloway yair i would throw a korean zombie out there too maybe that's a name too i mean that that would be a big one that would be i mean i think that'd be a phenomenal fight for sure absolutely something would gonna get me to title you know something that you know what if they give me even Qatar, I will be upset. You know why? Because I called him out. He gave an interview about me. He said that, hey, whatever, I'm down. If my coach say, if or my manager say, or this and that. And uh, I wanted to fight him in July or August or September. But he, guess what? They didn't want it to fight all this time. They say, oh, now first they say yes then maybe august maybe september maybe october maybe november no oh we need more time maybe end of the year this is no maybe time man i enjoy fight uh i want to fight as soon as possible and as many times as possible last year i fought four times i want to fight even five times so far i have two but i don't have if i don't have injury i want to fight every single like Look, I just fought last weekend, and I, I'm still thirsty to fight. You know, like in real world, like I can't wait. Uh, when my fight is scheduled, I don't call my manager. I don't call. I don't. You don't see my interviews no more. I'm concentrating, training, preparing 24/7. But when I don't, when I don't have fight, uh, I'm very upset, and I just can't wait to get scheduled. You know. So, yeah, I want to get scheduled very quick. That's awesome, man. I'm going to give you one advice. If that, if that question comes up again in another interview, you say it's not maybe time, it's giga time. <laughs> well, I was calling. It's a giga time, man. I want Dana to say this, you know. I saw, I remember how they supported the new Russian boy that I forgot to go, Chimaev. You might how they supported when he came, you know. I what I've done, man. I have a seven fight, and I always what proved whatever I said. I I walked the talk, and also I never doubt, never dump nobody in octagon and UFC. Everybody who they ask, I step in. I make weight. I never miss the pound. I make weight in one week notice. Eight day notice, you know. I'm the I'm the company man, so I want to get uh, treat, uh, treated the way, same way. 
I love it. I love it. Well, Giga, I've taken a lot of your time. I know you're back home in Georgia, so I want to let you enjoy that. But uh, ideally, what do you think? I know you would fight all the time, but ideally, what do you think? I mean, I'm sure we see you before the end of the year, right? There's no way you're going to wait till next year to fight. Ideally, you guys going to see me September. <laughs> September. <laughs> I love it. I Giga. Tell me, they tell me that, hey, we need a replacement for title, and I'm I'm a fly soon, and uh, I'll be there for the fight. That's uh, that's my ideal uh, next fight scheduling. Ah oh, man, very cool, Giga, to give me uh, some time there while he's back home celebrating in his in his native Georgia. Uh, I, I've really come to like Giga Chikadze a lot, and and really, man, the crew of Georgian fighters in the UFC right now is solid. Of course, top of the list is is Giga Chikadze. Now, before I would have said it's Marab Davalashvili, and I think Marab is still up there. Um, you know, obviously he's in a a little bit of a unique position right now with uh, you know his his teammate being champion, um, and, and so what do you do there if you're if you're Marab? Uh, and I don't think him and Aljamain Sterling would ever fight under any circumstances for any prize. So, uh, you know, maybe that's put him on the back burner a little bit as Aljamain's kind of narrowed in. But I, I still think Marab Devos really will, will fight for a title at some point. Uh, Ilya Teporia, I mean, that guy is the real deal as well. Uh, Roman Delice, Gutem Kutatlatse. Uh, I mean, there's some, there's some talented Georgians. So um, pretty cool to see them making an impact there and Giga at the top of that list right now. Now, listen, um, Giga's going to be in line for a big fight. It's cool to hear that he's still holding out hope that, that he'll get that, you know, backup title shot. I, I don't know if that'll happen. I, and, you know, it's I, I don't necessarily always love that position either for people, if I'm being 100% honest. Just because, I mean, gosh, trying to prepare for, for both guys? Like, you, you've got to get yourself ready for Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega? I mean... I guess on the one hand, it's always like, look, if, if you're going to be champion, you hear people say it, but it's true. It's like, look, if I'm going to be champion, I have to beat all these people anyway. And that's true. But, man, like, at least you're only preparing for one of them at a time normally. <laughs> you know, so what, you got to have two different game plans. You know, here, I'll, I'll talk myself out of things. I have a habit of doing these things sometimes. I mean, I guess Geek is going to fight pretty much the same way regardless, right? Against either of those guys, he's going to try to stay upright. You know, he's going to try to use his striking to his advantage. But... I mean, you know, different people have different entry techniques, different takedown approaches, different rhythms, different everything. So um, I respect anybody that says, hell yeah, I'll be a backup because that means I'll just jump in anybody, anytime, anywhere. I respect that. But I also know, you know, how much that opportunity means to him. And I know that, geez, you know, risking it like that and not giving yourself the 100% best opportunity um, is dangerous to do. So uh, then, you know, of course, the secondary thing was saying Max Holloway. Now, I've heard behind the scenes, uh, and I haven't gotten a firm, firm update, but I've heard that maybe Max Holloway um, isn't quite healing up as fast as we thought, and so that's why there's been some hesitancy to rebook the Yair Rodriguez fight. Um, so that means, you know, maybe Yair Rodriguez might be needing another fight. Uh, and and listen, I mean, not that Giga's ever going to be a trash talker, but that's, you know, he's offering a wee touch of shade there, just a wee touch. Uh, so maybe that's the that's the fight you made, right? I mean, that... It, it, you know, I can see from his perspective. He's saying, "Look, this guy's not fighting. And he's still there. That, there was nothing wrong with that fight." And I like the the, the fact that he, you know he was interested in the zombie fight as well because I think that's another. I think that's another one that would accomplish um, what you're trying to accomplish, right? If you're not going to get this title shot backup selection, then you're going to need another win anyway. So I think any of those. 
obviously Max, if you're fighting the greatest featherweight of all time, arguably, it's either him or Aldo, right? Um, you're going to get what you accomplish. Uh, you understand what's going to happen there. But Yair Rodriguez, he is a name. He does have name recognition, and he is up there at the top of the rankings. And, of course, um, Korean Zombie. I mean, he's a legend as well. That that dude that dude moves the needle, man. I can tell you from a website operator's perspective, that dude moves the needle. So that would be a, a fight that you can make there as well. So all those are on the table, and I like that he's open to all of them. I was, I was a little bit worried that he was going to be so, no, I'm only doing this, that then he would kind of talk himself out of some other things that I think could be actually unique opportunities. He didn't, um, and I think that's a good thing. So uh, we'll see. He's definitely getting a big fight next, but I love the fact that he's like, hell yeah, I'll hop on a plane right now and just fly back to Vegas and we'll do this. You know, that's crazy. Uh, speaking of people making long flights, let's talk about this week, right? We are covering uh, UFC Fight Night 191. This was a fight card that was supposed to be in London. It ended up getting moved uh, to Las Vegas. Because of that, it's been a hell of a lot of changes, uh, a hell of a lot of, of um, visa issues and, and things of that nature. This card has been slightly devastated, but it's still decent. I think we're going to have an entertaining night, and the best part about it is it's an entertaining afternoon. So if anybody's listening over in Europe, you're not going to have to stay up till 4 in the morning. God, I don't know how you hardcore MMA fans do it. All the respect and love in the world to anybody that is a hardcore fan in Europe, or even you journalists. I know like our man Simon Head used to have to do all the time, pull those crazy late nights on the weekend, and then try to be normal for his family the next day, man. I don't know how you pull that off. Uh, but you'll get a prime time one. And we, here in Las Vegas, how about this? 10.30 a.m. start for the prelims, 1 p.m. Uh, for the main card, which means we'll be walking out of the apex when it's still daylight outside. So uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm excited about that. I mean, it's not like I'm going to do anything crazy on Saturday night. But, hey, I get to come home, hang out with my family, maybe Maybe play some video games with the kid, something like that. Who knows? We'll see. But it's headlined by Derek Brunson versus Darren Till. Derek Brunson, of course, on a four-fight winning streak right now, um, believes that if he wins here, you know, hey, maybe we need to be talking about him for the title a little bit. And, um, you know, arguments to be made, of course, but – you know, the guy's been around a long time. He's beaten some names. He's in there five-fight winning streak. He's at least deserving of being in the discussion. You got you to gotta talk to him a little bit about it, right? And then Darren Till, who's been kind of mired in the stretch but still believes in himself um, and still believes that he's destined for great things. And, man, the fire is there with him, man. I enjoyed it. So um, let's do this. I, I want to bring you a little bit of our, our conversations. I would have had a, a quite exclusive conversation with Derek Brunson had I not ghosted him on our interview last week. And for that, I would like to greatly apologize. Uh, in the meantime, uh, here is the, the media day conversation that I had with uh, D- Derek Brunson. Uh, Derek, it's another main event for you. I mean, this just seems like every time out now. So is this, I mean, is it still a big deal for you to be a headliner of a UFC event? It's whatever. You know, uh, Jake Paul just headlined a um, boxing event. So I don't know if I feel so good anymore. <laughs> That's a terrible way to look at it. You should still feel good. Uh, best stretch of your career right now, I think, right? I mean, you've had a longer win streak in the UFC, but – Main events, ranked opponents. I mean, does this feel like the best stretch of your career? Oh, yeah, I would definitely say it's the best stretch of my career. Um, we're getting it done against these young, exciting, uh, hungry guys who've been putting together streaks, earning a fight against, you know, a tough, savvy veteran. So, What's the key right now? I mean, you're talking about a decade into your UFC run at this point, and it feels like you're hitting your prime. What's, what's the key to be doing it? I'm not, I'm not trying to call you old by any stretch, uh-huh. but a seasoned veteran. Hey, as long as I don't look old, then I'm fine. You know what I mean? I look like, I'm just looking at myself. I look like I'm about 25 or so. So, yeah. But, um, nah, it's just about keep improving, keep getting better. And that's what I've been really focused on, just working on my holes. 
ultimately just being the best martial artist that I can be, and it's just been working out. So let's talk about this matchup when they gave it to me, Darren's. Um, you know, he's had some he's had some losses recently, but obviously he's a very dangerous guy and a very well known guy. So what what did you think when this was the, the matchup that you were given? Um, I watched a lot of Darren too. You know, he's very tricky. Um, in this game, you're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some, but the the game is to win way more than you lose. And I wouldn't say all of his losses were straight like he got annihilated, like, let's go a couple of his losses. He was winning the fight and got caught, you know? So, like, those are the things that I take from a fight. I dissected and look at it like that and then understand that the skill set that he possessed and then planning with that. Is it a bit of a, a mental fight ahead, too? I mean, he's you guys both have pretty strong presences on social media, and he's not afraid to to poke the bear a little bit, man. Is it is it a psychological warfare, too? Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all fun and games. We took our jabs at each other, had a little bit of fun. Now, you know, it's fight week, it's business time. So the goal is to not be the person that's going to be a meme after this, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it's not personal to you. You just want to make sure that you don't end up being that guy on social media after this. Yeah, it's not personal. You know, it's fun. You know, the one with Hollins was kind of personal. He liked to talk a lot of trash and take some serious jabs. And he kind of believed some of the stuff he was saying. Till was just laughing and joking and um, pretty much just being like a, a goofy person. And it, it's kind of tasteful, I guess. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes he get a little out of hand, you know. Uh, he hasn't got out of hand with me, but yeah, he definitely get a little edgy, on, you know, sometimes. Nice. Uh, obviously a big fight, but a lot of us, I think, are trying to figure out what are the exact stakes in this fight. I mean, have you have you thought about that? Because, right, I mean, we know the title's on hold for a little bit, that we still got time, and there's some other names that all say, hey, I'm the number one contender. So what do you think is at stake here? I mean, are you looking at this as a potential number one contender fight? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely looking at it as a uh, potential number one contender fight. Um, just being with what I've done, you know, I've four fights in a row against these guys that were supposed to be contending for titles. Like if I didn't give these guys their hiccups, then they would be talking about these guys fighting for titles. I mean, I remember they was talking about Ian Heinish, you know, he comes in and looks really good early. And they were saying, man, this guy, he's like trending to be the next title challenger. I shut him down. Um, <clears throat> then, you know, uh, Shabazzian came around and everybody was talking about the youngest champion, you know, then I shut him down, you know, and then Hollins came five in a row. He beats me. His track, his track talk, his trash talk was already directed towards Izzy. So like, that was looking like a fight that was a hundred percent going to be made, you know? So I shut that down. So like, I, if I go out here and finish till, you know, um, definitely, you know, I, five in a row should be next, you know, after Izzy and Whitaker. That's awesome. Last thing for me, what kind of fight do you think we see here? Because it seems like a fight where you might want to rely on your wrestling. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe you want to go, like I said, you want to finish. Maybe you need something spectacular to put that exclamation point on it. So what kind of fight do you think we see here? Yeah, I'm just going to do my thing, you know, show my growth. And uh, I'm going to take my time and let the fight develop. You know, I'm looking to get the finish. But um, at the same time, I'm not in a hurry. You know, Till said he wants to finish it in the first round. So maybe he'll be in a hurry. Um, if he want to come fight like that, I'm okay with him, you know, bringing the fight and pushing the pace. So I'm good however the fight goes. Um, just want to go out there and get a finish and make no doubt that I should be next. All right, so there you go with Derek Brunson. You know, you know what you're going to get with Derek Brunson. He's respectful. I uh, apologize for the, <laughs> the extra Jake Paul talk there. I know so we'd uh, – Limit that. <laughs> uh, that was kind of a funny joke that he made there. But uh, listen, it's clear that, that he respects uh, Darren Till despite the losses. You know, as he said, it's, it's you, you know, you can't just look at the, at the results. You know, look, you look at how he was performing in there. And, and obviously, you know, Darren was, was close on some of those and, and until things went wrong. So he, he knows what he's getting. Um, meanwhile, I guess 
I says he knows what he's getting. I guess the question marks are around Darren Till, right? I mean, what kind of Darren Till do we have at this point? It's been a while. Um, Darren's been through a lot. Had to withdraw. Had some injuries. He's had some losses. Um, I will say this. Uh, Darren Till is fired up. And, uh, yeah, I, it, well, we'll talk about it afterwards. But listen, listen to Darren Till because he, he, he feels like he's in a good spot right now. And I think that's important. Darren, obviously at this point, man, it's been like 13, 14 months since you've had a chance to compete. I mean, what's what's the feel right now on finally on fight week again after all the, the nonsense in between? I'm just happy to be here. Uh, it's tough. It's tough to like have injuries and go through camps after camps and spend a lot of money and, uh, you know, obviously have to pull out. Like, my last fight was very unfortunate because it was... It was only like two or three weeks before where I broke my collarbone. I mean, if it was 10 weeks before the fight and I broke my collarbone, I was definitely still fighting. But it's just, uh, it reminds me a lot of like when Don Cruz uh, was getting a lot of setbacks and injuries. You've just got to, you've just got to come through them, man. You've just got to come through them. And uh, here I am, you know, a few days before it. And I'm a very happy man. It's good to hear, man. I mean, uh, I know you've always been a confident guy that believes in yourself, but I do wonder, I mean, has this been a mentally challenging period? Because you talk about Dom Cruz, same thing. It's like a guy who's like, are you just snake bit? Do you have terrible luck? Like, I mean, is it is it been a test for you? No, it's been a test, obviously, but it's just a will to me test. I'm like, listen, like, this is this is no truth. Like, even this camp, I've had injuries, and I think every fighter, I speak for every fighter, we all get our injuries. It's just how you get through them, but... As time goes on now, and as I'm getting older, and as I'm uh, I'm getting wiser, hopefully I, I'm just get I'm not, I've got a purpose in life, and I keep saying this on all week. Like uh, I wake up with purpose, and I know where I want and what I want to be, and who I, who I am, and you know, just all that stuff together. It's just like I, I I'm I, I'm out for something, and I'm not gonna stop until I get it. So no injury, no 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 whatever can uh, stop me on this little journey I'm on, and. Uh, it's my journey, and, and there's people on it. There's people who, who come on the journey and then come off the journey, and it's sort of like the hype train thing. But I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm driving towards something, and, and I've got so much motivation for it. You know we don't want you to be, like, too mature, though, right? Like, we want no. you to grow up a little bit, but, I mean... Just wait for the taxi stories after the fight on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, talk about So, everything that you've been through, right, and all, the, all you had to go through, and then this card starts going through what it's going through, you know, it, it, you know it's going to move to Vegas, there's going to be visa issues for people, and all this. Was that distracting at all as all that stuff was playing out? No, no, no. I've just, I've just been speaking about then. I haven't seen my child in Brazil for two years, man, and I see a lot of guys, like, they're like, oh, I'm away from my kids for a week, like... Listen, let's just get down to the nitty-gritty. Like, nothing, nothing's going to affect me on fight. Like, I, I treat the fight like sparring because I spar how I fight. And, like, I'm going in there against Derek. And no matter what happens, like, MSG getting in a day before and, and cutting weight and then fighting KG, uh, you know, who's coming off the fight with Stylebender. It's like, none of this shit matters. None of this shit matters to me. It may matter to someone else, and I'll respect that, but it doesn't fucking matter to me. But at the same time, yet you think a lot of things like, uh, it's like, it's a little bit, oh, I was looking forward to like a London event, you know, sold out, packed out after COVID and all these big names on, on, on the fight card with myself, a lot of scouts as well who were on the card this weekend. And then I see names dropping out like Paul Craig, Gustafsson, uh, Lerone Murphy. So it, it's it's tough and it's challenging, but it, it might be tougher and challenging for other people. But let's get let's just get one thing straight. I mean, it's a fucking fight and I'm, I'm going to fight Saturday. That's, that's all I'm here for. Derek Brunson as an opponent, what what do you think? I mean, do you see him as, uh, you know, you fought, obviously, elite-level guys. Do you see him as an elite-level challenger? Yeah, I think he's class. I mean, I know he was out here saying that at DM him every day, and that's what I do do, man. Like, you know, I keep it interesting. And 
one day I'm wishing his family well, and the next day I'm just talking shit to him. That's just I just keep it interesting. Listen, I've got no, no, I've got nothing towards Derek. You know, I think he's a nice guy. I like his team. I like his, ma- his management. Uh, he's here to do a job, Saturday. He's been doing a job. You know, he's been doing more job than me. He's been beating these guys, but uh, I, I keep saying it. I, this is not disrespecting anyone, but I ain't no Kevin Holland and I ain't no Shabazzan. Like, I, I'm a different animal coming in there, Saturday. I've got fight IQ. I'm getting more ferocious with age. And and it seems like he's getting better with age. I mean, I know he's 37, 38, but he seems like Blond Brunson is fucking, is the man, mate. Like, so, you know, I'm uh, I'm prepared for Saturday, mate. I've, I've done all my work. I've done all my pads, all my sparring. And uh, I'm ready for whatever comes. You talked about, you know, people jumping on the train, off the train, you know, the setbacks. Does this feel like an important fight for you? Because I think a lot of people are looking at it as like, we got to find out who Darren Till really is. Is he the guy we thought or not? Yeah, it's, it's, listen, it's very important, but I take all the pressure off my shoulders. Listen, I'm fighting the best out there and anything can happen. I, I know I'm going in this at the end. I know 100% I'm going to win this fight. I know that for a fact, but things can happen. And listen, all these people who've jumped on the train, mostly the people who've jumped off the train, yeah, as I like to call them, the doubters, they've got a special place in my heart. And, I, and, I'll, and you know, when I'm like on the treadmill in the Institute and it's like, I, I'm running I'm running out my little shoes and it's getting to like the 45th minute and I'm thinking, oh, you can just do, you can stop this five minutes before. And I'm like, not a chance. I'm fucking going to the 45, 50 minute run that I set out to do eight miles and stuff like that. And all the other times when I'm doing my 10, five pads with Colin and it's like, oh, do I just coast this round? No, hit harder. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you doubters, you got a special place in my heart. That's awesome. Last thing for me, what's what's the key here? I mean, obviously, just you know, picking a, a victory is what matters. But I mean, do you have to do it with style points? I mean, do you want to go out there and do something that just wows everybody and get your name back out there at the top, or is it just go get a win and, and get this done? Listen, I just want to win by all means. So yeah, if 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 the stoppage there is, the, if there's a massive stoppage there, and I'll put my name more on the map. Yeah, but you know, it just depends how the fight goes. I'm not gonna like. I'm not going to try and force anything. I'm just going to be patient. I'm going to do what I know. And I'm, I know how good I am. Listen, I've sparred with all the best. You know, I've, I've, had, I've had top elite level boxers coming in to spar me. I know where I'm at. I know exactly where I'm at. So, like, I'm, I'm just ready for Saturday and, and, and winning by all means necessary. That's, that's my mentality going in. All right, Darren. You can sort of feel from you today the intensity. I mean, you've had a couple of camps. You've been unable to fight. At this point, are you just desperate to get in there? Like, what's the emotion going for you right now when you're just a couple of days away? Oh no! I'm just, you know, uh, I'm just a happy man. As I say, I wake up every day, and I'm waking up in Vegas, and I'm waking up back home with my family, my kids, my coach, and that. And I've got purpose in life. Like I've got this sort of this meant like I've always had a solid bulletproof man, but I've got this mentality now. Like I don't, re- I've never give a fuck, but I don't really give a fuck about anything, losses, injuries, or all this other shit. Cards being moved and COVID. I couldn't care less. I just want to fucking fight. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that I can do that. And I can get paid for doing that. And I can have my name out there. And I can... All this shit, you know what I mean? Like, they, they, I, I believe this is the fighter. Uh, this is the mentality a fighter needs to have. Like, you need to fucking go to the gym. You need to put all your hard work in. You need to believe in yourself. You need to believe in your team as much as your team believe in you. And all them things, they, they, mean, a, they mean a great deal to me. I love the fire, man. I love the fire. And, uh... You know, I I love the fact that that you know he's he's saying it, man. Those haters they drive me. They 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 they, they give me a a reason, an extra little motivation. I mean, certainly you don't need that as your motivation when you're stepping into a cage fight. But I, I you know, he acknowledges that there are people out there that doubt him, and and he intends on proving them wrong. Um, I'm all for that, man. I really am, and and I like Darren Till a lot. Um, but I'm gonna be honest. 
I picked Derek Brunson here. I picked Derek Brunson here. Um, you know, just thinking, wrestling, grinding. You know, the fact that Derek doesn't care if the fight isn't necessarily the most exciting thing in the world. You know, I don't think he falls in the trap of I got to go out there and trade hands with Darren Till or or anything like that. So um, I I picked Derek Brunson here. You know, I just expect him to be able to neutralize Darren Till. And it's funny because I, I'm not. I definitely don't want to cheer against Derek Brunson. My stretch of the imagination. I'd love to see Darren Till pick up a win here, man. Marketable guy, fun, uh, crazy. Uh, I, I know Derek said the, the the trash talk is tasteful sometimes. Not always tasteful. Sometimes he crosses a line, but you know he's a character in the sport, and obviously he's he's young as well. He's still got a long way to go. So um, yeah, I'd like to see Darren win this fight, but I pick Derek Brunson. I just. Derek Brunson's wrestling, his ability to kind of lock things up, fight against the cage, keep it in the clinch, take it down. Those are all going to be challenges for Darren Till. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um, listen, I think there's only five U.S.-based fighters on this card, at least five American-born fighters, I should say. I don't necessarily always keep up with everybody's based and people are moving all around. Um, but there's some names to pay attention to here. Uh, listen, Tom Aspinall and Sergey Spivak, uh, they were scheduled to fight once before. This has always been the inside joke on, on the road show because, you know, Aspinall called out Spivak a couple times. I think it happened on Fight Island, which we didn't have much to do on Fight Island. So that's probably why we honed in on that so much. Uh, and it's become such kind of an inside joke. But the, the fight is happening. But it was funny. Sergey uh, at first wasn't going to speak to us uh, on media day because he didn't have a translator. They found a translator for him. He speaks a little bit of English, but as, as I even told PR afterwards, like I speak a little bit of Spanish. There's no way in hell I'd get in front of a microphone where everything I said was going to be recorded and used because uh, I don't know exactly what I'm saying. And so th- that would be silly. So Sergey wasn't going to speak to us. But then they found a translator. He came back. And he's not the most exciting dude in the world, but... You know, he was in Russia when he accepted this fight over the weekend. So on less than a week's notice, uh, flies from Russia to do it. Yeah, he said he's never done that before. We wanted to see how he felt. Admitted he felt a little bit tired uh, on the media day, but was like, I'm, you know, I'm going to pull it together. And I and I asked him, you know, hey, you know, Aspinall, you, you know, he's kind of mentioned you a couple times, kind of called you out. And he and he said, uh, that's why I'm here. Like, whoo, all right, I like it. So, not trash talk, but, you know, a little, little flavor to it. Uh, meanwhile, Aspinall, uh, it was right. He said, look, I think the fight's bigger than it was when it was originally scheduled, so I'm excited for it. Uh, he said, listen, I know I don't find Sergey Spivak's style exactly exciting um, or, or, or pretty, um, but I, I know he's legit, and, and I'm excited. So, you know, Aspinall, kind of that, that top prospect versus Spivak, who – you know, just quietly gets things done. He's on a little bit of a win streak right now. I think three fights in a row. So um, th- this is a big fight right here. Alex Morono versus David Zawada. Uh, Morono stepping in on short notice. Uh, he, he's excited about that. But he did clarify, hey, stepped on short notice. But I was I was actually in a training camp. Yeah, I, I did a training camp because I assumed that there'd be a fight for me around this time. There wasn't. But it allowed me to step in on short notice. So he's he's very prepared. Meanwhile, Zawada, uh, it knows this is a very important situation. Hasn't been thrilled with his uh, showings thus far in the UFC. It's like, I, you know, I got to gotta show up here. And I got to show what I'm capable of. And, and I know this is going to be a good fight. Modestus Wachowskis versus Khalil Roundtree could be an absolute madness. Uh, I'm excited for that one. Uh, big fight there as well. Modestus actually said, you know, it's when he was younger, he used, to, he used to watch Khalil, you know, and he knows who he is, and he's excited about that. Meanwhile, Khalil um, has had a couple setbacks, but we know what he's capable of. You know, we've followed his career since he was an amateur, and this dude is a monster that is capable of putting your lights out. That's going to be a fun fight. And um, Khalil was interesting, um, you know, kind of talking about the fact that he's kind of rebalanced his life by disconnecting from everything and staying away from from uh, from – 
media and, and reading things and all that and just focusing on his life, man. I mean, we're, I think we're, I feel like a lot more people are saying that these days and doing that these days where it's like, you know, just get away from it all, man. It's, it's healthier. And it was funny because it was after the cameras, you know, after we turned off, it was like, thank you. He actually, he actually was like, hey, get, by the way, guys, I apologize if I've blocked any of you on Instagram. He was like, it's nothing personal. He's like, he just didn't, he, what he was saying was that like, and I don't even use Instagram that much, but the, I guess the, the, the explore area where it just kind of brings up, you know, uses an algorithm to bring up things that you might be interested in. Um, he was like, I figured, he's like, I didn't really know how to manipulate that. He's like, but I, feel, I figured if I blocked all of you guys, the MMA stuff would quit coming up in my feed. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, if, so if you've been blocked, if you're a journalist by any chance listening to this and you've been blocked by Khalil Roundtree, let me share with you that he does not mean it personally. Uh, and then the main card kicks off with Luigi Vendramini versus Patty Pimblett, a name that people have been excited about for a long time on the UK scene, uh, a, a Cage Warriors champ, um, you know, has these unfair comparisons to Conor McGregor as, you know, the next young uh, European star, I guess. Um, I think they're unfair. A, they, they fight completely different. Uh, I mean, they just, they're different all around. So I, I hate the comparisons, um, but it happens, I guess. Um, but Paddy Pimlet is an interesting character. He's more of a, a, a grappling specialist. You know, that that's where he's going to get you in trouble. Um, but he... Uh, this man can talk to talk. I'll tell you that right now. I'm excited to see. You know, we, listen, we've seen him lose. I mean, if you followed his career um, in, in Cage Warriors, we've seen him lose. Now, he's still young. I mean, he's just now 26 years old. He says that he's he's finally gotten away from, from partying and, 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 and now has a strength and conditioning program in place. Um, but we've seen we've seen losses to Soren Bach, who I have a lot of respect for, uh, Nad Naramani as well, who's who's you know had had a great run, but you know had a tough run in the UFC so far. But um, you know, so we have seen losses here. But Pimlet believes, you know, look, I'm I'm finally now mature and handling my career correctly, and the dude can talk the talk. That is that is sure. Uh, so I mean, look. It was Patty Plymouth's first UFC media day. You got to hear that, right? Uh, check the swagger. What's going on? Finally here, right? I mean, the moment that uh, we've all been anticipating for a long time. So now that you're you're in the building and seeing the logos and wearing the gear, what's what's the feel like right now? It's just it was always meant to be, wasn't it? Everyone knew that I was going to end up eventually being here. So it wasn't a question of if I was going to be in the UFC. It was when. And it, the time's finally arrived, lad. I, I'm here, and I'm here to to make a statement, lad, and to let everyone know who the boy is. You took such a mature approach, right, to being patient, to getting here. Did anybody ever pull you aside and be like, bro, you're crazy, you don't know how many times they're going to come calling? Lad, the amount of people that said to me, oh, why, lad, you should have went to UFC, you should have went to UFC. But as I say, I've always known it wasn't a question of if the UFC wants to sign me, it was when. Because it, it was always coming. You know, look at me. I've got the personality, the look, and I can fight. I, I'm, I'm a marketer's wet dream. So... I knew the UFC were always going to come calling for me. It goes without saying. As a fighter, how much different do you think you are now versus when they first came calling? <sighs> to, to both times. When they first offered me in 2016, I was still fighting a featherweight. I was still very immature, wasn't professional at all, still a child, partying all the time. And then when they offered me again in 2018 and I turned them down the second time, I wasn't even a proper lightweight then. I was, a, I was still a boy in a fighting men. I didn't even have a proper S&C regime. You know, uh, I've got a ridiculous S&C coach now, Paul Reed, and 
as you'll see on Saturday night, the physique of me, I'm, I'm a different animal because of him. I'm an absolutely different breed. I'm a specimen now. Uh, back then, I was just a fighter. Everything was going off heart and skills and talent, and now I'm, I'm an athlete, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be unbelievable Saturday night when I put it on Luigi and go home with a nice bonus. That's awesome. I mean, uh, exciting to be here in Vegas, but also maybe a little disappointing to not be fighting in front of a full crowd in England. Like, how do you balance that out? Are you disappointed to be here, or is it kind of um, cool to be in Vegas? Yeah, it's cool to be in Vegas, obviously. I did want it to be in, obviously, in London. Would have been nice. Would have been unbelievable energy walking out with my walkouts. The crowd would have went bananas. But being here is great, you know what I mean? Can't wait to go to the PI later. Be the first ever time I've been. And all the proper UFC officials are here, and all the, the head honchos, lad. And they all want to see the new cash cow, lad, the new main man. So... I'm here to, to headlock Dana and Hunter and Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard, lad. I'm here to get them all in a headlock later and let them know the new, the new kid on the block is. That's awesome. What do you think about Luigi as an opponent? Stylistically, anything you're concerned about or how do you think you match up? Um, you've got to, obviously, everyone, anyone you fight, like, you've got to be careful because anyone can throw a big overhand right or a big left hook and can knock it out on, on any given day. But I think wherever the fight goes, I'm better than him. If he wants to strike with me, I think I'll TKO or knock him out. If he wants to grapple with me, I think I'll submit him. I, I can't see him getting out the first round. He's never fought no one like me. Last thing for me, I wonder, I mean, obviously you've always welcomed the spotlight. Um, but do you feel like now that you're here, I mean, you have to do something spectacular. I mean, you go out there and you, you know, 29, 28, walk away with a decision and people yeah, go, oh, I, who is this guy? I can't be doing that. I, I, I'll be so disappointed in myself if he gets out the second round. That simple. Um, I, I'm coming in to finish him and finish him in emphatic fashion and go home with a nice bonus check. That's, that's my plan. I'm going to be the new face of this sport, lad, and I'm not going to do that with a 29-28 decision. I mean, if the kid can fight, right? <laughs> I think he's going to be one of those guys that some people hate, some people love, uh, but he is not afraid to talk it, that's for sure, man. I, I, I am excited to see what Patty Pimlet does. But listen, Luigi Vendermini... Um, he was very aware of who Patty is and, and, and not necessarily a fan of his talking. So we'll see what Vendramini can do in there. Uh, prelims, Molly McCann is fighting against Ji-Young Kim. That could be a very, very fun women's fight. Jack Shore, undefeated Jack Shore, a real prospect uh, against Ludwig Sholinian, who was uh, on The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, Jack Shore, of course, I mean, blue chip prospect. A little bit surprised this one wasn't on the main card. You know, I, I would probably – no disrespect to Alex Morono, Davis Wada. I think that's going to be a fun fight. Um, but, you know, if, if and again, I know card structure is a little bit different. That's not always what it's about. But um, Jack Shore is a guy that, you know, has been a blue chip for a long time and for a reason. The kid's got skills. I'm a little surprised this one's not uh, a little higher up on the card uh, because I think this is a guy that's going to be around for a while. Julian Rosa versus Charles Jornain. That could be uh, a lot of fun. I think that's going to be an exciting two finishers right there. Uh, so that could be fireworks. Mark andre Berrio versus Dolce Lungiambula. Uh, could be chaos there between a couple of uh, powerful dudes. And uh, Jonathan Martinez versus Marcelo Rojo could be fun as well. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Martinez's style. Uh, and then, of course, his character as well. So, um I get it. This is one of those cards that top to bottom probably doesn't look like the greatest. I, I know it's not going to do huge numbers for us by any stretch on the website, um, but I think we might be up for an entertaining, uh, and I won't even say night of fights. I'll say afternoon of fights. And I'm pretty 
pretty excited about having uh, an afternoon of fights. Uh, I guess that'll all lead into uh, Sunday. Uh, the, the 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 wrestling return of CM Punk is on pay per view. Got to give a shout out to my man there. Um, I don't uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to watch my family. We have tickets to go to another uh, Las Vegas Lights game, another soccer game. So I'll, I might have to pick up high, uh, highlights of it afterwards. Uh, apologies to my my CFSC broadcast partner. CM Punk. By the way, it might be broken by the time this publishes, but if not, speaking of CFFC, while I've been recording this, I've been shooting some text out, trying to get breaking news, but uh, we'll see if we get it out for them. But if not, it looks like Sean Brady and Michael Chiesa is on tap for later this year. So looking forward to that. By the way, uh, next CFFC is September 16th in Tampa, Florida. Uh, my man Punk will be there, so we'll be calling that one. Actually bringing my family down to Tampa as well, then dropping in to, to uh, visit the family in Dallas on the way back. So, yeah, it's busy times, man. It's busy times. I love it. I got to figure out what I'm going to do on these Thursdays. We'll get the scheduling all worked out. Hopefully uh, all the cold coffee lovers uh, didn't 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 hang up on me right away, cut us off, and hopefully you enjoyed what you heard. Either way, if you made it this far, I definitely do appreciate you. Thanks for listening.